This is Bragg, the son of Balan, and you're listening to Light the Beacons, a Lotro podcast. Welcome to the world of Middle-earth. Beacons are lit! Lotro calls for aid. And Brog shall answer. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on to eat a whole bunch of food today. Somewhere in the foothills of Far Anorian, hope is burned to a crisp. Welcome back to Like the Beacons, the only Lotro podcast that dares to say uh, it's really sorry for everything it's done. This is episode number 91, and I've been off in the sun. Uh, in the Easterlings of Run, but I remember your I remain your host, Brag of the Lonely Mountain, the Sultan of Shieldswipe, the Earl of Agro, Delver of Thickle Gundu and Dwarf of Ill Repute. I am broadcasting live from temporary LTB MEWHQ from Ferrothelion in TBD. TBD stands for the Barrow Downs, that is, one of the only places in Middle Earth you can say, Here, Whitey, Whitey, without getting into trouble. Uh, the viewers can uh, see that I spelled it W-I-G-H-T-Y. Uh, all the viewers got that one at least. So uh, let's take a look around. You may have heard the legendary entrance green music in the background as I log into Anor, the legendary server. And uh, I'm nowhere near the Barrow Downs right now, so I'm going to have to get over there lickety-split quick through the magic of podcasting. Okay, how many of you caught that uh, I was not actually playing the legendary music because I logged into the wrong server? If you did, there we go. There's the classic login music that we all know and love. Yes, uh, one of the things that happens with Lotro is you log in so often and so frequently that uh, by muscle reaction alone, you sometimes whip through the screens and forget that you're trying to log into a different server than normal. Uh, I would say I play 95% of my game uh, on Landrival at this point. Uh, always have uh, been a one-server kind of guy. I do branch out to other servers for events and so forth. It's the only time that normally is uh, is uh, alternated from. But in this case, uh, I am logging onto the legendary server. And uh, the one thing I'll say about the login for Lotro, they've done a ton to make it more efficient over the years to add additional functionality. I liked all the changes they've made. Um, the most recent one being being able to fit one extra character on each screen, which allows me to keep all my characters on two screens instead of having to go to a third screen um, on my main server when I'm alting. But uh, the one thing that they do not have and uh, have not had for um, its history is the ability to log out of your character and log into a different server without completely leaving the game. So once you log in, you're confined to that server. You can log in and out of characters on that server, but you cannot uh, you cannot change that up. So if I wanted to go from Landreville to Anor, I have to quit the game completely and re-log back in 
and sometimes I'll whip through the screens and log into the same server twice in a row without realizing I forgot that I wanted to get on a different server. <laughs> so and that's interesting, I think, that the technology doesn't allow them to do that. I'm wondering how difficult it would be at that point uh, to make that one additional change. That's my only gripe with the login server. It's faster now with the caching that they put in. They've incorporated the world transfer functionality into it. Uh, they've redone the loading screens to make them more current and vibrant and active. Uh, with new graphics, they allow the option to turn or on or off your new avatar, which is nice. Uh, you can go to plug-in options directly from the login screen, etc., etc., etc. So it's all been streamlined. Except for that one piece, being able to uh, log into a different server without having to quit the game completely and restart. So, maybe there's a technical reason that underlies that. I'm guessing that there would be. Otherwise, why wouldn't they have done it today? But, who knows if we'll ever see it. So, I am I am uh, galloping out the west gate of Bree. Bree is uh, pretty busy on Honor this morning. Uh, being followed by Elvixandra, the sociable whose kin name is Mustn't Be Hasty. Good one. And, uh, geez, there's just a cornucopia of traffic around Bree. I've passed five horsemen already on my way to Adso's camp. Hither and thither. It looks like Dark Nexus next to me is uh, heading into the Barrow Downs the same as I am. Ooh, I cut, I cut a corner on him and I'm ahead. Ha ha ha. And I am approaching the slope. I am passing the unfortunate traveler who is so famous in these parts. Going up a little slope on the right. Ah, there's a good view of the Barrow Downs. Okay, so I'm at the entrance stone. There's a little hill that you can gallop on onto and stand next to it. You can just see the dead spire in the distance. You can see uh, the more famous uh, instance barrows off to the left, Ostrindir and some of those other guys. You can see the northern barrow downs, little pocket off to my right hand side. And the music has turned customarily spooky. And from this spot, I can see the stone under which stands a little, little hobbit lass who's waiting for rescue. A bit more about her later, but I thought the Barrow Downs was a good uh, good entry point for this episode, given some of the conduct matter uh, that we're going to discuss. I am coming live to you on a special Thanksgiving Day episode, and uh, it's because I've been meaning to get this episode out for the last couple days. Preparations for the holiday, returning folks and so forth have made it difficult to do that, unfortunately. But uh, And now I have come, come down sick, actually. You know, putting on this podcast, it takes chutzpah, it takes moxie, it takes, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, stick to uh, But today it takes um, Sudafed and Halls and NyQuil. And, uh, you know, there may be a song parody that's waiting for a later beacon. There may be a song parody in the works. And uh, we'll have to see how well we can articulate it today, given the state of my sinuses and so forth so please forgive the sniffles please forgive any coughs that might be if my voice cracks and so forth or i start to lose it but i am sacrificing here for the podcast blood sweat tears and antibiotics and uh i hope uh hope you all are having a wonderful thanksgiving holiday enjoying the parade the football games are going to start soon so i got to move on to my next beacon
We are at Elanok, and as usual, even on a day of thanks, we have to deal with a lot of CRAP, right? If you have family coming over, you know what I'm talking about. Corrections, retractions, and apologies from last week. So last time out, we offended Stone of the Tortoise users, Russian KGB agenda conspiracy theorists, Mars bars, candy lovers, Iron Hill toppers, Grey Mithrin goers, and elves. And to everyone else that was offended, we offer a solemn and very heartfelt Sorry. Uh, viewer comments. Let's look at the leaderboard. Let me see. The last review of the podcast was left by, hmm, so many here to choose from. Palm Day Air on August 14th of 2018 and currently has our high score. As always, if you want to join this ragtag fugitive fleet of reviewers, what you can do is just leave me an iTunes review. Or, alternatively... If you steal into the Grey Havens, under the cover of nightfall, with a bucket of black tar, paint your message on the sail of the next galleon slated for disembarkation, and when next the silly elves sail into the west and raise the mizzenmast, I will descry it with a spyglass from a secret beach hideaway. And if you wanted to also write, elves blow at the bottom of the sail, I would not gainsay you. Viewer feedback. Agree to disagree. Uh, had some remarks uh, entered. Uh, Tom, Tom York wrote into the show. I don't have. I lost it somewhere. But the basic premise of his uh, feedback was he was not excited about the legendary servers debuting uh, with the kind of justification of why pay for the privilege of rerunning old content again when you can do it on the current servers. And from his viewpoint, uh, diluting existing servers and distracting from other development priorities is a negative, not a positive. And I've seen a lot of people uh, on the forums with that background and with that opinion. And uh, I, I think it's valid to some degree. Um, you know, the difference is, I think... Uh, I'll talk about a little later in uh, another beacon, so I don't want to get too far into it now, but I, I think this is a valid point of view, depending on your play style and what you're looking for. Uh, I also had a write-in from Braggenthorn who says, Greetings, Master Dwarf. The word I would use for the new servers is the nostalgia server. I started playing in beta. I got my feet first 15 levels before the servers were open to all. I had a girlfriend. We did all the content together until Southern Mirkwood. Those were good times. All the places were busy, and if you miss those times or want to relive them in-game, I think it's cool they offer this choice. Uh, he personally is avoiding the choice because he wants to keep uh, active and current characters busy. Uh, it is a distraction for those that are trying to proceed through the latest content and gear up potentially for the instances or raids that are forthcoming. Um, it is a huge time sink, obviously, but uh, he, he thinks it's wise of SSG to offer it. Uh, talking about dwarven areas in the game, he mentions Nars Peak. Uh, he considers it South Moria, <laughs> uh, specifically South Waterworks. He said there are so many doors in Moria that do not open. Maybe one heads to a tunnel heading south. Maybe one used to escape the Balrog. <coughs> the only other dwarven areas I can think of are in Angmar, Othricar near Esteldine, and Thorns Gate in the Blue Mountains. Agreed. Uh, Erebor's main King's Hall reminds me of the Moria session play of Durin's Hall, or their King's Hall. Sorry for all my bad spelling or wrong names. Not at all, my friend. 
no matter my take is it's really fantastic how many dwarven areas they added to airborne and all the new areas i have not made it there yet on landerville he's catching up with six characters three ready for the new content three making their way to the starting line he's having fun and game motivated to get onto the new stuff it's been cool to flip to a captain guardian champion and alternate between classes rinse and repeat thanks again for sharing what's going on in the new regions and in game stuff it's a privilege to watch you light all those beacons master dwarf please keep them lit sire thanks bragging thorn really appreciate the write-in uh i agree with all that fun stuff i do enjoy alternating classes i think the new content is very dwarfy and fun and uh hopefully i'll see you there what's been going on on twitter uh it's been keeping mostly on the down low for me nothing of note uh from a community spotlight perspective i did want to mention that contains moderate peril had an article about um their perspective that it might be an ideal time for ssg to consider reviving lifetime subscriptions uh, is now the time. Reviving lifetime subscription subs is now the time, says um, contains moderate peril, Roger Edwards. And uh, it's an interesting article. It's an interesting point of view. Um, you know, I think basically he's saying that it feels like there's a bit of a renaissance to the game. Uh, obviously, the Mordor content came out was, you know, there were complaints about it being hard and difficult in some cases, but I think generally it was pretty well received that it was, you know, quite an accomplishment to have finished the storyline. Uh, They've cranked out three major uh, geographic regions since that time, continued with a, a new kind of epic storyline along the lines of the Black Book of Mordor. They have uh, you know, a clear roadmap set out uh, to go back to Minas Morgul and then perhaps east to Run or other areas. And uh, the legendary servers appear to be very popular, at least popular enough that it warranted opening up a second server for them. So, uh, you know, given that the expectation is that Lotro is here to stay for at least a few more years, would people take advantage of a lifetime subscription sub? And, uh, you know, I think there are enough people that regretted not getting it the first time around 10 or 11 years ago that uh, I believe there would be a number of takers. You know, even if it basically balances out, if you think you're going to be playing Lotro for another year and a half, two years, and you would have been VIP uh, during that time frame, then lifetime subscription still makes sense for you. I don't think we'll see it, but hey, it's a different company. It's a different mindset. You know, it, it kind of puts them on the line. Uh, you know, hopefully their business model is doing well enough that they would be comfortable premiering it. I think that would be the case. But, uh, uh, you know, it's hard to calculate whether or not, you know, obviously that brings in a windfall at the cost of future revenues. And, uh, maybe they don't need the windfall. They just are, are confident in the pipeline of revenues they're getting now in order to sustain themselves. Um, you know, unless they wanted to invest in something like a uh, engine upgrade or something along those lines that might take a big influx of cash. Uh, so interesting uh, perspectives, at least, and I agree with him. It certainly would draw a lot of interest. Let's go to the forums. So most of the uh, most of the articles I've been reading in the forums talking about further balance issues in the game. Uh, specifically, there were many threads about the danger of bleeds at many different levels from the starter zones all the way to the cap level in the latest releases. So whatever mechanic they used to scale them was apparently off. So people were complaining about dying in several ticks of DPS. You know, I myself did notice uh, when I was out on the withered heath with my guardian, uh, the Grims uh, that were there were very dangerous. It was all I could do basically as a guard to take down, and this was before I was geared obviously with new gear, but all I could do as a guard to take down maybe two of them at once, 
much less like four or five like I would grab up for most moms. And I think that's based on the dots that they were pumping out. Uh, also a lot of discussion on how tier three is not always just more challenging. Sometimes it just takes longer. So for for some of the instances, the complaint was uh, every trash pill having every trash pole having multi-million dollar mobs to burn through again and again is basically making tier three a slog instead of a greater challenge. It just takes longer. It's not more challenging. It's just, it's not more fun. It just takes longer. So SSG indicated they were reviewing some of these and that morale pools might decrease. And I think I saw in the latest release notes that at least the ghosts that spawn after you kill the whites, uh, so the second round of trash on the same trash pole, which is kind of annoying to begin with, um, their morale pools are being reduced to hopefully make them a little more palatable. Uh, so that would be exciting. So in this week's action-packed episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been doing in-game these past few weeks. We will discuss initial thoughts on the legendary servers. We will debut the latest in a long line of pathetic Lotro song parodies having to do with a tricksy little young vixen in the Barrow Downs. And lastly, if we have any time remaining, we'll probably just go play the new content or maybe uh, start the gourmanding. If we have time to that, we better get moving along to our third beacon of Nardal this week in gaming and or other Tokyo news. So, what have we been playing lately? Uh, so, DDO, who I recently updated when the Lotro server was down, and I think I logged in, I did the Daily Dice, I did one warehouse quest, and I logged off. I'm, I'm actually close to the next tier of level 5 uh, in the game. You know, I that game remains one where I think, you know, unless I got playing with somebody else, joined up with somebody that was a similar level that could kind of show me what would be next to do, what would be best to do next, or how best to sort through my inventory <laughs> to figure out what to do with some of the crap in my bags that I'm afraid to delete, but I don't know if it's worth anything or not. <laughs> I can't see playing much in that game. Uh, I'm so close to the next tier of level 5, I might try to get that done and then see where I stand with it. But it's nice to log in every now and again just to keep the character fresh in case I want to play it down the road. Secret World Legends, I have not been playing, nor Overwatch. I still have to finish Bioshock, but I have been making progress on Tomb Raider Anniversary. I think I'm near the end. I probably have maybe an hour or two of gameplay left to finish it off. And uh, I'll comment on it more at that point in time. Our Dungeons & Dragons game should get a big boost this weekend. We have a Thanksgiving weekend all-day jam planned with all the young dwarves home from their various schoolings. And as far as games that are on the horizon, uh, I'm already getting requests for the PS4 Spider-Man game, as well as Red Dead Redemption. And I have to see all the stuff I've seen about Red Dead Redemption 2 makes it certainly very interesting. Uh, although I never played one, so I think I can get one pretty cheap at this point. I'm just not sure if I have to play it, what console you have to play it on. Uh, my choices would be... PC or PS4 primarily, so uh, I'll have to see if the original is available on one of those. Uh, although I've heard that it's a bit of a prequel, so you don't necessarily have to do the first one first. But still, I think it would be good. So those are the two games we're contemplating for the holidays, acquiring at this point. And if I do, I'll let you know what I think of them. I've done a ton of movies recently, catching up. I had some long plane flights uh, on the way to run and back, uh, you know, on the Eagles. And uh, when I was in, uh, when I was on the Eagles for these long plane flights, I went through, uh, I'm just going to give a letter grade for each of these because <laughs> there's too many to go into detail. The Meg, 
eh, I give it a B. It was fun. Uh, Annihilation, I give it an A-. It was the Natalie Portman kind of futuristic uh, aliens uh, adapt adapting terraforming our universe movie it was actually one of the better ones um i was not expecting a lot out of it i found a lot of interesting concepts and shots and visuals in it so i do recommend that one actually uh life of the party c plus hereditary i gave a b plus pulp fiction i watched for the second time ever i still give that one an a the equalizer 2 i give a b I watched a movie called Tusk, uh, which was created by Kevin Smith, which was kind of unexpectedly interesting in certain areas. Uh, and a little over the top, but fun. B minus. Paddington Bear. Never seen the Paddington movie before, and I give it an A. Recommended to everybody. It was a lot of fun. I found it laugh out loud funny in a few places. IP Man 3, I gave a B. That's a karate chopsaki movie. And Central Intelligence with Dwayne Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart. I gave a B plus. I thought that was actually pretty fun. I Feel Pretty with Amy Schumer was a C. Not nearly as good as Trainwreck, her previous effort. Uh, much more formulaic this time around. I also recently got to attend the premiere of The Crimes of Grindelwald. And I would say the series has taken a definite turn with The Crimes of Grindelwald. Um... They were all in on this movie in terms of visuals, in terms of action sequences. Uh, the plot was a little tough to follow, I have to admit. <laughs> I hadn't seen the original one in a while, and uh, they lost me in a few cases. Uh, thinking about going back to see it again to pick up some of those things, but I would feel better about this movie it was if it was the second of three movies instead of the second of five. It seemed like they could, you know... They're moving the plot forward, but in a very glacial way because they know they have a, a lot more story to unfold with the cash grab. I mean, the uh, future plans for five movies in this series. Uh, but I did like Johnny Depp's performance. I know he was controversial to be cast as Grindelwald. I thought he was uh, he did a really good job with it and was one of the more compelling characters in the movie from my perspective. Um one of the viewers, Braggathorn, wrote in and said he highly recommended Bohemian Rhapsody, best movie he's seen this year. I'm hoping to go see it this weekend with some of the baby dwarves home from school. And I also very much want to go see our own Aragorn, Viggo Mortensen, in Green Book, uh, which I've heard very good things about there as well. So... Aside from that, I did complete Stephen King's uh, JFK time travel novel, November 22nd, 1963, as well as Chinua Chibi's Things Fall Apart, which is a classic African novel uh, that I first read as a freshman in college many moons ago. Uh, maybe it's time on the book front to get back to Tolkien's Unfinished Tales, which remains uh, paradoxically unfinished, or perhaps not paradoxically as the case may be. Uh, from a Lotro perspective, Bragg has completed all the new content, including the rapper quest to complete the stories uh, of Arid Mithrin in a number of different areas to open up the dailies. I thought the Stormwell area was outstanding. Um, I had to complete the one rapper quest that was left open that I had not figured out was to, in order to complete the Stormwall version of the rapper quest, I had to complete the Moon Letters quest, which you get from Bori. Uh, which allows you to find the last thread, which thread of that story, which finishes up in the Glimmer Deep Mines. And to do that, you basically once the quest in your log, you had to find the right areas in the zone to trigger it to move forward. Uh, I would like to say that I just used the clues to find the right areas, uh, but I didn't. I looked it up, 
<laughs> and I think it would be difficult. I mean, I would have stumbled across the areas in the game anyway eventually, but from the clues, I'm not sure it was very uh, obvious where the zones are that you would have to attend to. But anyway, got that done, which was the last piece of outstanding to get the dailies open. Uh, I did a final instance run of uh, Thickle Gundu solo, which is uh, finishes up another of the threads. And... Um, I have to say, I made my way through the entire dungeon, and the quest wasn't advancing in my log. And what I missed out was, you have to, as you go through each, basically each section of the dungeon, there's a trigger that you have to get to to advance the quest line. And I had missed the trigger in the very first room, which requires to walk out onto the uh, big slab of ice and look down at the treasure below you. And so I would missed all the subsequent triggers as well. So I finished the instance and I had to go back and, and find all the trigger points to get through it, uh, retrace my steps to finish the story. Uh, I wonder if anyone else ran into that problem, but maybe not. But uh, obviously, going forward, I will keep that in mind as I do it with other tunes. I've run each of the daily instance quests maybe two, three or four times at this point. Oin's Bridge is quick and easy. Uh, the Withered Heath is long and hard, and Glimmer Deep is somewhere in between. Uh, doing each of these three once, though, allowed me to complete the wrapper quest from the dwarf next to the Daily Skiver uh, to find a material from each area. So I forget the guy's name, but basically he says, you know, find me some pitons, find me some salts, find me something else. And if you get the three materials, you get some uh, additional Longbeard coins, I think like ten of them. So... It's definitely worth picking that quest up before you run the instances. And I noticed if uh, uh, what, hap what would happen is if I didn't want to run a whole instance, I just needed one more piece. Like, for example, I had, I had two out of the three materials from running Glimmer Deep and Oint's Bridge. Uh, and I knew I could get the third one if I ran Withered Heath. Well, I acquired the material in the first few mobs I killed. So, theoretically, I went on and finished the instance because I wanted to anyway and I had the time and I wanted to see it. But theoretically, you could complete this very quickly without doing the whole instance in each case. So, if you got that pick up three uh, materials and you wanted to quickly kill just a few mobs in the beginning of the instance and then back out, then you could turn that quest in without completing them quickly and then, uh, you know, just let let the quests expire and renew and run them the next day. So I think potentially that could be more lucrative than running the instances themselves in terms of time investment. So if you don't have the time to run the full resource instances, you could just kill a few mobs in several of them and at least finish that other quest on the side. Just something I noticed that might be a quick workaround that people might want to do in some case. Uh, so I started spending some of my uh, garnered um, long beard coins and uh, embers of enchantment. I bought some jewelry for Bragg. He got a bracelet, a necklace, a couple rings. I think each of them is like 100 long, long beard coins each. So that consumed like three or 400 of them. And then I used embers of enchantment for two of the heavy armor pieces. Um, I had enough for uh, the pants and the sabatons, which are the... the the boots. Um, and the reason I went with those two pieces first is that they're the only ones I noticed that had two essence slots a piece instead of just one. Uh, so they looked like they were perhaps a bigger upgrade from the pieces that I had from the Northern Kingdom's content. And uh, the other four pieces I'll go back and fill in as I go. Uh, I'm not sure why those had two essence slots and the other ones only had one, but <clears throat> it seemed like uh, perhaps a bigger delta. I am... Um, 
Kindred now with the Grey Mountains rep. I used accelerators for almost all the content, but I did manage to get to Kindred just as I was finishing up the content. So with accelerators, uh, the content you can get to basically Kindred without having to start the daily rep, uh, the dailies, basically. Uh, so that's one way to do it. Obviously, if you know you're going to do the dailies, you could just wait and save the money. But uh, it's nice to use the accelerators to get some of the rewards or some of the vendor rewards a little earlier that way. Um, I was just short of the next tier above Kindred for Dwarves of Erebor. I had to go back and run one or two more Restoring Kingdoms dailies um, in order to get that achieved. But once again, my OCD is assaged because all of my rep is maxed uh, on Brag in every category once again. Phew! At least for a little while. My mini has been idle. My Cappy, I actually logged in and completed the um, Erebor quests that are a precursor to heading east into the Iron Hills. And I staged him over in the entrance to there. So he is ready to rock and roll and maybe start leveling up to 120 as my next project. My lore master has been idle. My Berg has been idle. Hunter idle. Bjorning, Nerp, Champ, Nerp, RK, Nope, Warden, Nope, uh, High Elf Warden, Nope. And then there's Legendary Bragg, who is now level 20, but I will discuss him in the next segment, or Beacon. And other Tokian news, I have none. So let's move on to Erelas. I'll be back after a short break to get another Halls, blow my nose, and drink some liquids. Ha <laughs> ha. Ah, I am magically rejuvenated and have... Uh, regained some of my stentorian qualities good bass you know you get if you're a singer you get good bass when you have a cold you can get down there and sing with the dwarves of kazadu uh Erlas. so let's talk a little bit about the legendary or nostalgic server as Bregenthor referred to anor so the first thing we have to mention of course is that there were issues with the release of the new server and it had to do with its popularity uh, people were logging in and seeing queues of several thousand people waiting. Uh, there has been rumored in the past that a Lotro server can handle about 1,500 simultaneous logins, approximately. Uh, none of that is confirmed, obviously, by SSG, but has been postulated by others. Uh, in this case, that might indicate five, 6,000 people trying to log in initially when they first went live in a fury of trying to grab their namespace, probably. Um, but it presented queuing issues, obviously. And the biggest issue is that the queuing functionality was not working. So you would log in, you would get a number saying you're 453rd in line, and that number would never go down. So you didn't know if you should just sit there and wait or if you should re-log in again. And uh, the way I got past it, at least, was trying to log in four or five times or six times, and eventually on the sixth or seventh try, it worked and let me in. Uh, but obviously that's not ideal. You'd like to see the counter for the queue going down. You'd like to know that it's active and that you're going to reach the end of the sign-in uh, and not just like sitting there on hold. And uh, that obviously was not working. So uh, they've supposedly since fixed that, but now I'm not facing any queue times to log in anymore. So uh, we don't know for sure if it's been fixed or not. Can't verify. So I'll give them one break on that. That is a difficult, that's a, you know, a load testing scenario that's difficult to replicate. Uh, but you should be able to do it if you have a good IT shop. You should be able to create a script that simulates that many logins so that you can test that functionality. And obviously they didn't. 
So uh, that's a little bit of a black eye that I'll give them for that. Um, they did obviously uh, pretty quickly raise the second server, Ithil, which seemed to be planned, obviously, since it's a mirror to Anor. Um, so they had a backup and contingency plan in place, and they implemented it pretty quickly. I think in the next day or two, Ithil was up and running, uh, and they're allowing transfers between the two servers for a period of time so that they can find a natural balance. I do think that eventually they'll probably end up combining those servers back into one, but they have the functionality to do that now pretty quickly if they need to, so that's good. So I've been playing on Anor, and I uh, went through the character creation screen, and uh, of course... Uh, you know, looking at the new graphics and trying to remember which facial features my original character had so I could replicate them on this server. Uh, so I went through character creation, which is always fun. Uh, I went through the prologue quests, which I had not done in a long time. And then I proceeded to uh, empty Thorin's Hall, or Ered Lewin, of quests. So it's been a long time since I went through the full prologue, and then did every quest around Thorin's Hall before moving on and doing something else. In this case, one of the things that's benefiting us uh, is the fact that I think wisely, SSG put a debuff out on the server which reduces normal XP acquisition by 40%. So you're getting only 60% of what you would on the normal servers. And I think that's very smart because people are playing this content not to race to the end to 50. Well, some of them are, obviously, like always. But most of them are playing nostalgically to experience some of the older areas with um, a crowd of people uh, doing the same content as you for the first time in a long time. And the way the leveling curve is in the game right now, uh, you race past most of the zones you know, an out-level content before you can drain an area. So I think it was a smart, I think I like the calibration of it, 60% uh, XP. Uh, further to that, although my character obviously was created with all the bonuses I got from buying X-Packs in the past, like uh, cloaks and tokens that have extra XP built into them, I equipped none of those for the first time in a long time. So my character's actually been using a pocket item <laughs> that I got from questing as opposed to just installing the Outriders token or whatever the case may be. Uh, because I don't want to level that quickly. I want to be able to do some of these old quests. So Bragg was recreated, made his debut on Anor, finished the prologue, Thorns Hall, uh, finished all the quests around Nogland, Gondaman, Thrassi's Lodge, and uh, probably my most iconic quest in the Erin area, the Five Gears. Uh, I think it's the most iconic quest of the region. And it mirrors the region quest progression. So basically, as you get into these areas I just talked about, Naglan, Gondaman, Thrassi's Lodge, there's a new gear that's close to that content. So if you knew that, you, you know, basically I think I was like trying to finish the Five Gears quest back when I started the game 10 years ago and I got in some areas ahead of myself a little ahead of leveling and it was a little scary to be uh, in the the barrows in northern Arid Lewin uh, a couple levels underneath and seeing some you know some red guys or some yellow guys out there but uh, if you know enough you can basically finish one of each gear as you go through each of those quest hubs and um, ultimately as you open the vault in Arid Lewin you find a piece of rock or coal which was supposedly excavated excavated by Durin after he well, first awoke in Gundabad so it's a, a treasured heirloom of the dwarves passed down through generations which is a nice little payoff of history uh, well done again so finish the five gears quest for the first time in many many years um, Went through the raids in Kelajul, 
as well as Rathtoreg, and I had almost forgotten the Rathtoreg raid that's part of the prologue questline. Um, the Rathtoreg raid, or how I almost lost the Undying title, or even the Indomitable title when I was in Rathtoreg questing. So there are some areas in there where you're moving along, mowing down four or five guys at once, and you go up on a hilltop, and they have these goblin slicers that appear. And the goblin slicers have four times the morale and apparently DPS of all the other mobs around them. Suddenly you're in an area where, you know, forget five guys, you can barely handle one. <laughs> and it's, uh, I had forgotten that some of these guys existed in these areas. There's a couple hilltops in Rathtoreg, which is just southeast of Gondaman, that have these, you know, I guess they're elites, basically, uh, that dot the hilltops, and uh, you're moving right along, and if you'll pay attention, these guys will kick your butt. So I used every pot and heal in the bag, any cooldown that I had, as well as some timely running away and kiting, and I, I nearly lost, uh, not even the Undying title, I hadn't even made the Indomitable title at that point in time. So uh, it was kind of fun to have a close call. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I didn't want to do that character over again. I didn't want to get the Undying title on the uh, on the Legendary server, so uh, I used all my experience in that one, and it was kind of fun. So I completed every quest in Ered Luin with only a few Slayer Deeds outstanding, uh, of course, mostly skipping Dwiland and Chelandim, you know, the elf stuff. And it was onward to Breland to meet up with Strider, uh, as well as do quests in the Northern Bree Fields, Adso's Camp, Wow, I actually did editing and took out a big bout of coughing. It's been a long time since I did that in the podcast, so you can see I'm putting in the effort here, guys. I finished off the Staddle quests with uh, Eldo, Swap Minge, and Gammy Boggs and the like. Uh, moved on to Buckland and finished out the Old Forest <clears throat> and did the epic quest line all the way up through the Great Barrows run. So Bragg is now level 20. He is now ready to run the Great, Great Barrows instance, and I do see... People calling for Great Barrows at level 20 pretty commonly still in the game. So I'm sure I'll get through that with Bragg soon and hopefully be able to run some of the Lone Lands GA uh, instance content as well with him shortly. And um, in general, there's lots of population, almost like you would see in a new expansion when you're in an area that's uh, new to the game. Uh, more than once I've had to wait my time, my turn for a respawning quest objective. Not terribly long, but, you know, it's pretty orderly. Uh, so what's different this time around, going through a legendary server? You know, hearkening back to when Bragg first penetrated Arid Luin two year, ten years ago. Well, it strikes me that we have auto-looting now. That's certainly a benefit that I'm glad they retained instead of getting rid of. Uh, have the riding trait immediately, obviously, as part of some of my XP, um, I'm sorry, my expansion pack purchases in the past. So I have a lot more crap in my bags to sort through. Um, when I first open up, all the little presents and everything you get for being, you know, buying all these things in the past and some cosmetics to choose from, obviously, from the expansion packs. And I have more bag space in general, uh, although it fills quickly with all the new stuff in game. Um... I have less, a lot less stuff in my barter wallet. I actually need money. This is the first, the first time in a long time I can remember saying, oh, I don't want to spend on that yet because I only have two or three gold <laughs> for my character so far. And I actually crafted something for myself and wore it. Some bronze armor upgrades that were better than the quest materials I could get at that point in time. They didn't last long. They were replaced as I moved to a new area and got some better gear. But hey, I crafted stuff and I wore it. First time in a long time. And of course, the biggest difference is that the game premiered with quest vectors involved. 
Uh, I still remember following map directions to find the wraiths in Hod Lin, where someone would say, somewhere northeast of here, if you head in that direction, you may find X. And uh, no vectors on the quest map to help you find things. And that was maybe the biggest difference I can think of of all of how the game has evolved since it first premiered. Um, I only just got to friend in terms of rep in Thorns Hall, so I'm sure Sarner will beckon at some point so I can get uh, a goat in anticipation of whenever Moria premieres in a few months' time down the road. Uh, there's skirm camp sitting in the game but uh no no marks or medallions yet to buy rep accelerators so uh that that will come with time so there's a lot of people calling out also for great barrows and fornost runs in the game helgrod runs as opposed to when i first joined the game when people are in moria asking for grand stairs forges scumfill philgashen and the drowned treasury as well as some of the uh fellowship run epic quests that since they were not solo as an option back in those days in the end it's just a good excuse to do volume one of the epic again uh i have not done volume one of the epic in a long time past uh the stone watchers of angmar and uh, this time not feeling like i am behind the curve and always playing catch up so that's nice uh, i also finished off my level 15 class quest for Guardian, which is repelling brigands from a brief farmhouse to earn the title Shield Against Adversity. And I actually stimulated the economy. I bought five mithril coins for 50 Lodra points in order to get the Layla Shop travel port, which cost me three coins. And uh, in advance of having uh, an actual port debris and earning brie reputation, uh, it's already come in mighty handy since I don't have any of the hurried traveler skills like I do on my main account. So that's it for Legendary Server so far. It's been fun. I actually have a, a young adult dwarf in the house that's returned to the game for the first time in a long time, excited about the Legendary Servers as well, and has out-leveled me on Anor already, so um, a bit ahead of the game. Unfortunately, they play on my account because they like all the little bonuses and extras, so we can't play together. Um <laughs> uh, Tried to encourage her to play on her own free-to-play count, but she says it's not as much fun because she doesn't get all the stuff that I get as a lifetimer. I get it, but unfortunate that we can't play together from that scenario. That is it for legendary servers in the game. We'll see how those move along. Uh, lots of people already at level 50, obviously, calling for uh, riff runs and things of that nature, and uh, hopefully I will enjoy them in the coming months, but I'm certainly not going to hurry, and I, I think I will be... Uh, Sprinkling back and forth, obviously getting additional alts through the Arid Mithrin content and to level 120 in anticipation of new instances and raids. So let's move on to Minrimon. Now for the original weekly sponsor segment. This week's show is brought to you by Yarnfast Diet Shakes. Dane Ironfoot lost 32 pounds in 18 weeks and is keeping it off. For over 4,000 years, Yarnfast has been helping thousands of dwarves take control of their diet, lose the weight, and keep it off. Now, after one clinical study in Moria that did not go particularly well, the Yarnfast diet plan has been perfected to include more options than ever before. Yarnfast shakes contain an entire year's supply of iron in a single serving. Just replace any two meals with Yarnfast shakes, bars, or cookies. Enjoy one sensible meal of your choice, like salted pork, and three 100-calorie snacks in between. Maybe a cave claw rock candy? This way your metabolism stays burning. You never go hungry, and you don't miss out on your favorite foods, which is to say, 
everything. So don't skip Sunday brunch with your fellowship or stay back when your pug heads out for lunch together. Just make that meal your sensible meal of the day and have your shake smoothie or bar for the other two. You'll be amazed how easy it is to plan raids when you have a daily consumable routine that is easy to follow. The Yarn Fast Diet Plan lets you choose what to eat so you can always stick to it no matter how unpredictable your raid can get. For maximum results, avoid cram or elf crap like Limbus. It will only slow down your weight loss and make you tired. Drink plenty of ale and get in 30 minutes of dailies instead. You'll burn calories, gain marks and medallions, and release feel-good endorphin stat tombs that will keep you smiling all the way to your min-max goals. Results not typical. Read label prior to use. Check with your healer if nursing pregnant under 18 or following a good-to-bad prescribed diet. We are at the sixth bacon of Callan had. The bacon? Yes, light the bacon. Uh, recently, I've been running about on the legendary server and decided to pay a visit to an old friend in the Barrow Downs. Once you pick up all the slay quests, the best way to get a head start on them is to follow a little hobbit lass hither and thither and slay as you go. And as I did so, a little song popped into my head. Want to hear it? Here it go. What do you do when you get lonely? With no prince waiting by your side You've been running and searching much too long You know it's just foolish hobbit pride Layla You keep searching for your cloak Layla Can't you see the dead's no joke Layla Darling, please don't tease the burial mounds I tried to give you consolation When your old man Bob let you down Like a fool, I tried to rescue you And you took my undying title down Layla you keep looking for your prince, Layla. Please, I'm begging, take a hint, Layla. Darling, please don't tease the burial mounds. Following Barleyman Butterbur. Let's make the best of the situation. Because you really are annoying. Just open the store and breathe forevermore. And I'll buy your port for three mithril coins, Layla. You keep searching for your cloak, Layla. Can't you see the dead's no joke, Layla? Darling, please don't tease the burial mounds. They'll burn you every time. Layla, you keep looking for your prince, Layla. Please, I'm begging, take a hint, Layla. Darling, please don't tease your burial mounds. Darling, don't you tease your burial mounds. Yeah.
That takes us to Halifurian. Hey, I just got a big batch of deja vu. Like, maybe I wrote that song before, like 60 episodes ago. Uh, it's like an obvious one, so it feels like I should have covered it. If that's the case, I can't even remember anymore. But I hope this version's better. Hope you liked it. I hope it came out okay, despite my uh, sinus difficulties and uh, various voice cold. Not the best time to do a song parody, but that's what I prepared. So we must soldier on. Speaking of soldiering on, it's time for Blessed Relief. I'm officially slamming the door on the 91st episode of Light the Beacons. I would love to hear your plaudits, feedback, rants, diatribes, and most of all, a recounting of what you ate today. You can contact me at bragsonofbalan at gmail.com. That's brag with two A's. The second A stands for AA batteries, which you should be stocking up on for the holidays. Or my website at lightthebeacons.com, where you can post comments directly on the podcast. I kindly request you take the time to create an iTunes review like Le Pomme d'Or did. If perchance you're so inclined, I would very much appreciate it. And if your comments incite me to forsake my legendary high elven telepathy, I will try to include them in the next podcast or at least respond in some way. So I hope you laughed either at or with me. I hope you might have looked uh, at something a little differently or perhaps learned something, something. And uh, most of all, I hope you enjoy your week in Middle Earth. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. This is Bragg, the son of Balan, reminding you that if it ain't Baruch, don't fix it. And the next time your Glimmer Deep mining cart breaks a wheel and goes off the rails, don't despair. Like the beacons. Gobble, gobble, everybody. I am thankful for all you viewers out there who continue to listen to this nonsense and participate in my madness. Uh, may you all be filled with family, fun, friends, and Frodo in that order. Take care.